0: Hello, hello, hello. This is Thumbs United. Mm -hmm. We are doing our uh, kind of hodgepodge. This is a new thing I'm doing. Technically, it's not new. Uh, It's how I originally did streams, was before I would do the video gameplay, capture it, and then narrate over it. So, back to that now. I've just I've been having difficulties having enough time to sit down and stream, so I've recorded you know, several sections of Destiny 2 and uh that kind of be the background uh for that. But uh didn't do many podcasts of the thumbs united streams in February. I I've done like maybe 5 episodes so far or maybe this is the fifth one, but Uh, the thumbs united one was pretty easy to do until now i've just been so overloaded with uh, projects i've been working on and it's not so much that i've been working on so many projects it's that i've been stuck with one project and everything kind of needs to happen after that and uh, so that's kind of been like anxiety inducing and uh, this one project is with AI stuff so there's a whole bunch of testing I have to do i've i'll talk about that later uh but the good news is that uh I've gone back to this way of doing uh slash streams so hopefully it will be more reliable from now on but um yeah so that's that's that now the state of destiny two I played destiny one way. I think I didn't play Destiny 1 until Destiny 2 came out. And I had no issue with Destiny 1. I knew exactly what to do. The gameplay, the menu systems, everything was, you know, I never struggled with it. It was like, oh, I have to do this to level up, blah, blah, blah. I never had to watch tutorials or anything. And, you know, it was nonstop fun. Uh, Even with, when I got to Rise of Iron, I thought Rise of Iron was a little bit more difficult. But... You know, it was still fun. And uh, so I got a lot of, uh, you know, comments. Not comments, but people in chat on Twitch saying, oh, you should go to Destiny 2. Destiny 2 is free. So I was like, uh, oh, you know what, I'll go. I went to Destiny 2, and yes, it was free, but I bought, um, there was some deal. And so it was the Witch, witch Queen and, and some other stuff. And so I got the pack, And oh my goodness, I I I struggled. I I did live stream it. It's on my YouTube channel, but I struggled with finding out where to go and everything. And so I kind of took a break. Like I spent maybe five or six hours in Destiny 2, and it was getting to the point where it was getting you know fun and everything. But then it was just there was this quest issue, where like I didn't really know what happened between Destiny. Destiny 1, Destiny 2. And so then I was kind of looking over the internet and they're like, "Oh, they removed." So apparently I guess there was, you know, the first levels of Destiny 2 uh talked about what happened between the two and but Bungie removed that and they said, "Oh, it's so old. It was from like 2017." Which yeah, I mean, that is older because we're in 2023 now. But still So I had no idea what happened with that. I didn't go watch other people's Let's Plays or synopsis of what happened there. And then, uh, I don't know if it was just the season I was in in Destiny 2 at that time for doing the Witch Queen was, you know, everything worked out well. But uh, there's a new season and I have no idea what to do. Like it keeps taking me, uh, like as you can see, we're doing Lightfall now and uh it's just i don't know i'm just so confused i keep trying to go back to the witch queen but then there's the other issue is that i don't do a co-op with people so often because i kind of think it's rude if i'm you know recording it or live streaming it i don't want you know people who don't want to be on stream on stream and uh none of my friends really play destiny two so it means i do the strikes by myself and the strikes are tuned like if it's a three-person strike it's meant to be as difficult you know it's meant to be difficult for three people so it's almost impossible to do with just one player and so i've completed a couple of strikes that way not just by myself but it it is obnoxious and like I'm a pretty chill guy, but you know my palms are sweaty. I, I'm like stress sweating. I feel like I'm about to have a heart attack. It's not that I rage quit. It's just like what happens is you give the best performance in gameplay as you know, you know, as like unbelievable performance. You're taking guys down, and uh, you know you're going left. You're going right, and then. uh you're, like, so close to beating the final boss. And I kid you not, like, there were several times where it's, like, it tells you the final bosses, you know, what their health is. And you're, like, two slivers of a pixel uh, from ending that boss. And then something so stupid kills you. And, of course, respawn is disabled. And so you have to go back again, you know, to whittling down that final boss by yourself. Because there's no one there to revive you. And so there have been a couple of times where it wasn't like rage quit, but it was just, like I said, you gave your best performance ever and you had to start over from scratch. And then it's just like, you know, oh, I can't, can't do it. My heart, I got a heart condition. I got to take a chill pill. But I used to joke with people that they would were like, giving me a heart attack. But Yeah, you know, so that's kinda of why I stopped live streaming Destiny and playing Destiny 2 for a little bit. But anyway, so I got back. Uh I actually did this level before, but I for whatever reason I quit before it ended and I think I was just tired. I've been, you know, sick off and on. Uh where I get sensitive to light. I I pretty much have to crawl in a hole uh, in like complete darkness but I did come back and and it was a lot of fun but as we as we continue in this this series you'll see that I run into the problem where it's like okay you did this mission but there are three other things you have to do to continue but we're not going to tell you what they were because it was like part of an old season I was like What? What? So, at this point, you know, Rasputin, we don't have up and running. And so, the next mission it tries to throw me into is, spoiler we're trying to, Rasputin's trying to, you know, disable himself. And so, I'm trying to figure out what happened in between, you know. And it's not clear where I can find those story missions. And then, there was another one that I was doing with Aramis. And so I beat Aramis, and we have um. What's his face? Uh, Varus, and he's like, okay, you can still do missions for me. Um, still have to take out the fallen and this and that. And so I'm like, okay. So, it's like you have to do two missions uh, to complete this, like two side missions to complete this. So I do the two side missions. And then, uh, well, that was a whole other problem. It says do two side missions. It doesn't tell you where to get them from. So I'm like, I'm activating the quest. It's not showing me where to go. And I go back and I'm like really carefully reading the the quest details. Because like I don't know where anything is in Destiny 2. Uh, but I figure it out. And so I do one and then I do two. And then it doesn't register that I did them. And I was like, what? So I got stuck with that part, with the Aramis story. And then I I forgot where I went. I went to, I don't remember what planet it was. But then a whole other storyline started. And I was like, what? But I was like, fine. You know what? I gave up playing Destiny linearly, pl- trying to play uh, Destiny 2 in a linear manner. I I'll just whatever missions I can play, I'll just play and uh, so I do that and I'm walking through this place and they're like, ooh, spooky and there's like these strange floating ghosts guiding you places and I'm like, oh great so the whole mission was just me walking on this like half taken down place and then I get and they're like, okay, scan this so I scan it and then a bunch of enemies pop up and the whole mission is just run back out the way you came. I was like, what? What? And so then, I was like, okay, that was an interesting story. Like, how do I continue that? And it's like, psych. can't select that quest. So. I don't know. It's just, I'm not playing Destiny 2 the right way. And it's kind of... At this point I'm too afraid to ask how you're supposed to play Destiny Two. But I am gonna continue to try to I don't know, I'm just gonna be playing it for gameplay, not so much for story. Which is like the opposite of what I normally do, like I like stories in games, like I liked you know, playing as the Master Chief, you got to go through the story and everything of Halo. Like I never stepped foot in multiplayer and everything. So that's kind of the thing I don't like so much about Destiny, where multiplayer is really forced upon you, and the story isn't that great. But That's kind of my struggle in terms of gaming, but the gameplay in Destiny is so great, and like I said, I'm having problems figuring out how the story goes, but the gameplay is phenomenal. And and Bungie's said that in the past, that their number one priority is gameplay. And they just build the story around the gameplay. Do-do-do... But, so, the project I've been working on that's taken up so much time is working with machine learning, uh, in, in, I think it was, might have been even November, I was doing a lot of, uh, working with, um, AI art stuff, and it wasn't, like, prompts, like, you type into a, you know, you go into a web page and you know say you know paint me show me a painting of you know a sunset it wasn't so much that what i was working with was like ai interpretation of art and so uh i would give like i would have a picture of my sunset like i would i have you know have tons of photographs and so i would go and find you know one of my photos with you know, orange sunset, yellows and blues and purples, and so I would um, send that uh, into the AI generator that I use. I use Huggins um, transformers, and so uh, I would send it the image, and I would say, okay, this is a this is a golden sunset, and then I want you to do an effect of make it look like a painting so it's my photo and everything and it would you know spit out like okay here's a painting effect over it and it would look really good and I and so then I thought okay so you now it doing one version of that sunset and that's interesting so I made it so that it does the same thing like five times and so what's interesting with AI and visual arts is that it never outputs the same thing twice so it always tries to do something a little bit different a little bit different sometimes there's huge differences uh, but i've never seen it spit out the same uh, interpretation of an artwork at once now if you're doing text prompts uh then yeah i i've seen it do repeatable things but when i'm supplying art to it and acts asking it to you know do its interpretation of that art uh, it always comes out with something a little bit different and so I've had it running on the computer where I' submit you know a picture I've done and I'll have it go and do um like 40, 40 iterations so it just you know loops the whole thing over but it saves it as a different file name so it doesn't overwrite the previous one and so it'll come up with you know forty images that are very similar and you know it's scary because it was like wow they, those are very good interpretations and so all, one of the problems i was thinking was like okay so what's what's it comparing it to and i was i was also kind of having like you know a crisis of faith like here i think i'm so creative um, but the way machine learning works is you know you feed it you know billions worth billion, billions of images Uh, telling the machine what each thing is, and it learns what it is, and blah, 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 and so here I am, you know, I I do my photography, most of it is, um, it's not heavily photoshopped, I do uh, color grade, I do, uh, you know, work with brightness and contrast a little bit, but I'm not going crazy photoshopping, like, I'm not replacing uh, the sky with different sunsets, which a lot of people do, and then I'm not You know, I'm not so much doing digital manipulation, I'm just, you know, trying to honestly make the colors as they appear to be, or as I I saw them at the time, which is another topic of, you know, how you perceive the world. And so uh, the crisis of faith was just like, okay, so I've done all this work I've done, you know, the AI has no idea who I am in terms of photography and creative works that I've done. But it's already able to interpret what I'm submitting to it and kind of generate um, images that are similar in my style, even though I have not participated in the, you know, the original database that it's drawing upon. And so it was like, oh, that's really cool because it's able to learn kind of my style and says, okay... From one image, I give it, it says, oh, this is kind of that guy's style. I'm going to give him something back in that similar style. And so that was really interesting. And, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's really impressive. Because a lot of people, creators, uh, there was this huge burst. I don't know what happened. But everyone, like... I don't know if there was like a sale on some social media program. Um, but everyone was like, I just gave my profile picture to this AI generator. And it came out with like these things and it's the same thing. They gave them, you know, like five or six photos of themselves. And then the AI generated, you know, art that it thought was appropriate for that person. And like the facial expressions are the same. Um, and everything like that. And then, of course, it does exaggerate some body parts. Uh, so, did it did exaggerate some, you know. Anyway, so, uh, there are a lot of people and that I follow and communicate with. And they're like, wow, you know, this is great. And uh, I was losing my train of thought. So that's that's kind of the AI art thing that I was working on back in uh October, November. And then uh so I was talking about doing landscape photography. My example was the sunset. So then I continued on the I don't know if a lot of you know this, but I've I've done a little bit not working for anyone, just you know, as a hobby. I've I do three D animations and and things like that. I used to do um, a lot of the videos and stuff I would release on YouTube. Uh, I would I would do uh, stereoscopic versions. So it was like actual 3D videos uh, shot with a 3D camera and everything. And I still have a tons of 3D footage and I'm planning to get back to that. I've just been busy programming and everything that I haven't had a lot of time to edit the way I want to edit. But uh, for a lot of the stereoscopic uh, photos and videos and stuff, I also did, uh, you know, 3D characters like the kind you would see in like this video game and and everything like that. And a lot of it was, you know, it's uncanny valley. I'm not going to lie. It's just it's not like it's cringe, but it's like it's photorealism, but it's just not right. Like 100%. So, I mean, I'm trying to get rid of the creepiness factor. It's actually funny because, uh, uh, for in high school, I was doing animation back then too. And, uh, so back in like 2007, I think it was, no, it was 2008, uh, we had to do these art projects. Well, not art project. Uh, we had to do, you know, a final project for this one class. It was um, not Parseval. It was Goethe's. Um, oh, man. I remember what the art project was that I ended up doing, but I don't remember what the book was called. Oh, yeah, it was Faust. Okay, so it was Faust. And so uh, there's that part in Faust where we had to, uh, we could do any project we wanted uh, for the final project, but we had to explain it, and it had to, you know, like show, you know, some creativity in some sort. So some people wrote, you know, a poem about Faust. Some people... Uh, did like oil paintings and and things like that and uh, and so for Faust uh, what I did was uh, there was that scene where um, I think there was a lady who was having his kid but then there was she had to get rid of it and stuff and so I did this kind of 3d animation over my photography and, and everything of this kid kind of flying away and it's about a fast abandoning his his kid and, and stuff but it was funny because i mean not funny haha but it was i heard later that there was a parent teacher conferences and stuff and so the teacher was like yeah lloyd did this one project and it was a little creepy, and I was like, "Creepy." She didn't tell me that; she told my mom that. And then my mom's asking me about it. And I was like, "Doop So, yeah, I've been doing kind of creepy <sighs> CGI forever. It wasn't like creepy, like explicit. It was just like you know, kind of uncanny valley, but. And that was back in the day with poser and and a little bit of work in blender do, 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 do. Um, but the whole point of that story was that i I do do a little bit of animation and environmental stuff. And I used to do some, I would like, I design things kind of old school with drafting and then I input it into the computer uh, that way. I've come up with some some cameras that you can 3D print and stuff so that like a GoPro can hold a 35mm lens and things like that. But... Um, so I was taking some of my old animations that I've done and I was like, okay, I'm going to take the CGI stuff and I want to see how the AI, you know, interprets that. So I, you know, before I give the example of here, I have my sunset photo. I'm telling it to give me a painting version of the sunset and it has, you know, the clouds of the sunset in the same place as the photos. Uh, but it's, it's come up with its own brushstrokes and everything. Uh, So it, it very much, it's not that it stole somebody else's artwork a hundred percent, because if you look at them superimposed and stuff, it's still my composition. It's the, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, I'm giving it a random photograph, one that it hasn't seen before is there a chance that somebody else has painted the exact same type of thing that it could be uh, just matching up? And so I think it's taking bits and pieces of things where I say, okay, this is a cloud, but I know how I'm going to colorize a cloud, and this cloud is represented on the left corner of this image, so I'm going to put that there. And so it's hodgepodging all this stuff together, but it's still kind of, I don't know, it's weird. I did start getting weirded out by it a little bit but um in terms of you know whose artwork is this is this is it my art because it's my photography that i photoshopped and everything and color graded and took the photo and stuff or is it the machine's art because it interpreted it interpreted that photograph and put its overlay on it or is it you know, the machine and somebody else's art and mine because it learned how to, you know, draw clouds from, you know, these 300 artists or um, it learned, you know, what a sun was from these 30 billion photos it processed. So, I don't know. That's kind of the things I think about. When I was generating the art. But, um, so then I started to submit to the machine, the, um, the 3D animations that I've done There are, like, characters of women and men, and, you know, some of them in icy forests, not icy forest, an icy mountaintop, some of them in, like, these ruined, uh, environments. And so I started, you know... So it's kind of funny because it's not... Before I was submitting, you know, my own artwork, but it's of the physical world. Now I'm submitting um, 3D renders of a simulated world. And so I wanted to see how it would interpret that. And so it was really scary, too. Uh, because I, I did have, you know, they're not... None of my characters are, like, they're not common... They are, not. It's not like I'm I'm submitting a character like Superman, something that's so famous and out there that everyone knows what Superman looks like or or Batman. I mean, they're just they're just kind of generic people, but you know, some of them with you know hair stylings in a certain way. Or, you know, one might have pink hair or something like that, and. Um, da, da, da. I think this is where, yeah, I started running into issues here. I had a horrendous time with the menuing system. I'm trying to export all these photos, too. I'm going to talk about what I'm doing with those as well. But anyway, so I submit, you know, these animated characters, and each one's doing their own pose and whatnot. And, you know, the environments are things that I've created. Um... And so then the machine... So it's photorealistic 3D renders, the kinds, you know, like this game, or, you know, most video games. It's not, you know, an art style or or something like that. And uh, I tell it, you know, give it back to me as though it's digital art, like a painting, digital painting or something like that. And uh, so it's giving them back, and, like, it's really you know, really high quality, um, you know, painting and stuff, you know, of the character. And so it will be like, okay, my character will be wearing, you know, a pink dress and have blue hair and in this whatever pose, and then the machine will give back a painting of, you know, same colorish pink of, as the dress, and it will have drawn the dress and it'll be a woman sitting in kind of the same pose and and then same color hair and everything and what's cool what was interesting was with the 3d animated stuff uh like it did deviate from what i had you know submitted but it was the same kind of style like it was the same character it it was able to pick up what a pink dress was it was able to pick up was the hair and the facial structure to where they all kind of did look similar. And so then I, you know, tried putting my thumb on the scale where I would say, okay, even though I was submitting a photo and it wasn't like an anime or something, I'd say, okay, make this an anime oil painting, blah, 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 blah. blah. Uh, And then I would submit my image with that. And so then it would try to interpret And, like, it would rearrange it, figure out what the human was. It would figure out how to make an anime version of them. And I was like, wow. That's, that's incredible. And so then I had even more questions, you know, studying that in terms of, like, okay, so. You know, when does it become not my character design? I guess is what I'm saying like I've done this work doing the 3d modeling uh hair design and you know environmental uh, environmental work uh, but the machine's interpretation of my work is something that it's not identical but it's very similar to what I've done and it has like the attributes that i you know, put into the image and the characters, but it's very much unique. You know, like it's not somebody who sat down and traced my animation and then colored it in or anything. It's you know, nothing quite lines up. It's all you know. When you're painting somebody, uh, a, a lot of the problems when you're painting is uh, is framing. Or like with a photograph, you frame the photo, and then you take the photo. And so painting from a still life or uh, somebody posing for a painting is is really difficult uh, because you have to figure out what you want to put in the frame of the picture, which is a lot harder than you think. And then, um, like, when you start drawing an arm, you think, oh, I just draw this arm, no problem. But what part of the arm do you want in the picture? Like, is the arm supposed to be, Is the, you know, the painting supposed to be just a picture of the arm? Or is it supposed to be a picture of arm, shoulder, and head and everything, you know? So once you start drawing, you know, you start realizing, oh, that doesn't fit in the frame if I make the arm this big or that. And so scaling is a big problem in painting and, and drawing uh, versus uh, painting or drawing from, you know, a photograph. And so it's kind of what I'm impressed with the artificial intelligence is I'm giving it a, you know, a photograph or 3D render or a drawing that I did. And it's interpreting its own spacing, its own, um, you know, its own framing where it's like, okay, I do want to you know, have this character, but it's not framed the way I framed it, you know, it's not in the exact same place, it is, like, more over to the right, and the camera angle is, you know, slightly different, and so then, and, like, I'm talking a lot about the character, but also the environmental, um, detail is somewhat similar, but not the same, and what's impressive with that is that a lot of the 3D animation, everything I do, uh, when you're doing 3d animation you do have a camera you work with even though there's no physical camera and so a lot of times the default camera is 35 millimeters and that has to do with you know what type of focal length the 3d animation will be uh, represented with and um, so I actually have the camera use um, be you know a large format a medium format size uh, uh, what is the word medium format size uh, camera so having it be a diagonal of eighty millimeters and so that means that um, you get depth of field the closer you are to the subject well no the farther away the subject is you still get a huge range of depth of field it's not there's a there's a very good separation of the uh, character with the background it's separates that way but you also get a very like a razor thin uh, a razor thin uh, depth of field even if they're farther away which is something that's harder to do with 35 millimeter film uh, with things that are far away when they're close it's easy to get a shallow depth of field but with medium format it's easy to get a shallow depth of field with objects that are farther away from the camera and and that that easiness increases with the larger the frame sensor format or film format is but so the whole point of this is that my 3D animations where will be where it will be like a head neck shoulders and a little bit of the torso uh from kind of far away but only their eye and nose will be in razor-sharp focus. And by the time you look at their the character's ears, it's pretty out of focus. And so the background is just, you know, just kind of a very soft blur of colors and things. And you can kind of tell, like, okay, maybe that's a pillar in the background or whatnot. But it is out of focus. And so even with all that, that loss of detail... The AI was able to figure out, okay, this is human shape, uh, even though that part's not in focus, and even though the hair is completely out of focus, this is, you know, hair that's in a braid, and blah 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 blah, and uh, and so forth. So that was, and I was like, wow. And so then, it would try, it would simulate what it thought was in the background, and it would be pretty close. So like I. In the background, even though it's all blurred out, uh, because of the depth of field, I had it to where it was, you know, a scene, you know, in kind of this these ruins, architectural ruins, in the middle of a mountain range, and then there's snow and everything. And so it was coming up with images of, you know, snowy mountain range and the character, and it was still out of focus in the format of being an oil painting and everything like that so that was that made me think you know well again it was my design my input but how did the ai come up with it you know is it because it only looks at specific pieces and says well this area is kind of dedicated to sky, so I'm going to copy and paste a sky from another database, or is it that it says, okay, this is sky. I know what 30 billion different skies that look like. I'm going to interpretate my own version of a sky and paste that in there. Or is it just copying a, you know, some other artist's work of a sky that is the exact right color that it's supposed to be? And so I don't think it's that is copy and pasting the artwork of somebody else for each little section. Because da, 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 da. Uh, it's too aligned with my own style. If that makes sense. Where it's not just looking for certain color skies, but it's also Uh, I'm having a hard time trying to say what I'm trying to say but it's it's the continuity like it fits all too well together to be just copy and pasted and blurred you know together with art so I think with the machine learning uh what it is is it actually learned how to best how to best represent you know what it seemed so yes it looked at you know 50 billion paintings of clouds and when it's drawing a cloud it's not drawing you know from one of the examples it it just knows through probability I'm like okay to be a cloud it has to be you know white semi-transparent um uh, the way the light hits it and stuff. So it actually understands the category of cloud and it's drawing what it thinks a cloud should look like and fit in that area. So I don't think it's like this huge Photoshop thing of like collages of other people's work, if that makes sense. I think it actually does uh, understand what it's trying to represent. If that makes sense. So there are a lot of people who say that, oh, you know, AI work is just, you know, stolen artwork. And I don't think it is. I think that the databases that were used to train the AI, that may have been stolen. And... Normally, I'd say, "Oh, that's terrible" and everything, uh, but a lot of people are complaining because it's because it's AI, and you know, people hate machines. Uh, but what I think happened was they were just, you know, web crawlers, and like the problem that I have with people getting grumpy with it is that nobody really cared too much when you know Google went around crawling the web and like a lot of photographers from back in my day when I was growing up that I would learn from they were really grumpy that their images were showing up on Google image search and you know newer photographers and everything might be like oh why would you be grumpy at Google but the the main reason is you know the fraud- photographers and artists put a lot of you know care in how they develop their websites like it, they're usually static uh, but they're organized in a way where it's like okay you know here are all my paintings that I've done uh, for this Africa series where you have elephants and zebras and stuff and so you know everything's aligned to fit together there's you know layout designs and things like that and so when you have Google saying like okay I'm going to Google flirtations and zebra and then you know, all my photos of zebras come up, well, that I have specific, you know, zebra photos for different collections. And uh, and so maybe I don't want it, them to be seen, you know, right next to each other because there is, v- you know, very different style uh, for what each collection was supposed to be. And then the other issue that the photographers didn't like was like, okay, you've just kind of, cheapen the experience to just zebra photos. So you get, you know, hundreds of photos of zebras, but no real recognition to the photographers or the source that took it. So there was a big hubbub about that. And that's why Google, before you could just right click and save the image on Google, but then they added that extra step where you have to click the image. And then it says, you know, oh, this might not be for public use. And so a lot of people kind of made fun of photographers because they were like, oh, why do you guys care? You should be happy Google has your images on Google Image Search and everything. And so that's not what I think AI AI art is, but I think that's how uh, the huge databases of artwork were created. I think there were tools, the web crawlers, like the ones Google used, that was just searching the Internet, finding everything that was public, and uh, just trying to sort them into, you know, a format that a machine could learn. And so what AI is, is it's not consciousness. It's just it uh, tries to identify patterns. And so a lot of times it's just it's doing thousands of guessing guesses. So what you would do is, you know, you would give it, you know, Two thousand photos of clouds, and you would, you know, say, okay, compare these, you know, two thousand photos. They all have a cloud in them. Find them, and so the machine will just loop through and try to figure out, well, is these three th- pixels what makes a cloud? And so then it will look through all two thousand photos and says, you know, these three pixels are in two hundred of these. Um, photos, but it's not in the rest of the, you know, the 800 and 1,000 photos. And so it will just, you know, continually going through and it takes forever of just trying to figure out, okay, what the heck is a cloud? You know, these 2,000 photos have what the human says is a cloud. You know, what is the common denominator in all of these? And so it will just go through and try to come up with all these rules on how it defines a cloud and uh and n- and this process is called training. you're trying to get the machine to understand what it's seeing and so of course, you need two thousand photos of clouds. now with a machi- the machine learning database you need you know you need significantly more images than just two thousand. And then you need, you know, for visualization, you need, you know, several, um, you know, billions of images for the different types of things. So, like, you would need, you know, 2,000 photos of women, you know, and that's not even linearly enough, but it has to figure out what a woman is, has to figure out what a man is, has to figure out what a kid is, and then it has to figure out what a girl is and what a boy is and so like you can see like there's millions of things that are relatively simple no no there is a to do a relatively simple thing of like okay draw a portrait of a family it has to figure out all these things and each one would take you know hundreds of thousands of images it has to process to figure out what they are and find out what the common denominator is and uh And yeah, so that's kind of, that's that about. So I don't think it's stealing art. I think the art was stolen uh, that was trained. I don't even, stealing is a wrong word. Uh, I think it was shown uh, art that was you know already publicly on the internet. And so is it stolen if a machine looks at it? I mean, if that's the case, then... You know, everything that's in Google search is stolen because a bot searched, you know, through the web page and took the text, summarized the text, uh, ranked the text, put the images in image search and everything. Uh, so, I don't know. Because if it's if it's not good for AI, then it's not good for search engines and it's not good for web or anything that, you know, summarizes That's that's kinda what I've been working on. I have a bunch of other topics to talk about, but I'm gonna I'm gonna end it here and uh I'll do this again real soon. But I wanna thank everyone for coming to the Thumbs United uh streams podcast. I'll be airing this on Twitch as the form of in the form of a rerun and uh it will be coming to your podcast app and player of choice it's in the apple op- apple podcasts google whatever amazon and of course it's a podcasting 2.0 compliant podcast so i want to thank everyone for coming out see you later bye bye